Today we unveil the top five political losers of 2022. Elizabeth Warren and other Democrats get a pass on lying. Plus, Time Magazine says that physical fitness is racist. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the biggest political losers of 2022. And I'm sure all of you out there have a list of your own, so it'll be fun to compare in today's comments. One thing is for sure, there is no shortage of choices. Now, when I say political losers, not all of these losers are politicians, but they certainly influence the public and the political arena in a negative way. Here we go. At number five, we have big tech. In 2022, big tech companies were exposed for the censoring, shadow banning, election interfering, free speech killing, Democrat colluding entities that they are. We all suspected what they were doing. But in 2022, the curtain was pulled back and we are now seeing what is really going on. And yet, at every opportunity, big tech CEOs would flat out lie. Critics say this means former CEO Jack Dorsey lied in 2018 when he claimed under oath the site didn't engage in shadow banning. Are you censoring people? No. Twitter shadow banning prominent Republicans is bad. Is that true? No. Now that Republicans will hold the U.S. House in 2023, investigations into these companies should reveal even more. Then we have number four which I'll describe as the radical transgender movement. It's a loser because the left greatly overstepped and the public outrage that came out in 2022 will hopefully put an end to what we've been seeing. In particular, I'm talking about two things, men competing against women in sports and this push for so-called family-friendly drag queen events. Now, was a man able to completely dominate women's collegiate swimming? Yes, but we learned that the guy's female teammates didn't think it was right, and the American people don't think it's right. And then we have the massive outrage over the perverted sexual focus that the radical left has on children. As I reported on the last show, Florida is now investigating one of these drag queen productions that is grossly sexually explicit, and yet it's marketed toward children. The show reportedly features sexually explicit scenes and displays partial nudity. During its Austin, Texas show, Two performers appeared to simulate anal sex during an act called Screwed Off the Red-Nippled Reindeer. Another performer showed off fake breasts. A Drag Queen Christmas began its nationwide 2022 tour in November and is scheduled to have its final performance on December 29th, according to its flyer. The final stretch of the tour will take place in different Florida cities, including Miami, Orlando, and Clearwater. It took viral videos of upset parents at school board meetings to reveal what is really going on in our schools. But the movement has now started. People are realizing this leftist agenda that is targeting kids and they're fighting back. Then at number three, we have Dr. Tony Fauci. Of course we do. He twisted science to promote a political agenda and he should be in jail. But instead, he says things like this. When you look back now, is there something you think you could have done differently to avoid this polarization? Well, I don't think I could have done anything to avoid politicization and the profound degree of divisiveness in society. Wow. Everything that Fauci said was political. People's lives were destroyed from vaccine mandates. 
We were told if you took the vaccine, you wouldn't get COVID. Wrong. We were told if you took the vaccine, you wouldn't spread COVID. Wrong. Fauci should be spending his new retirement in front of congressional committee after congressional committee and then in jail. Okay, number two, we have Senate Republicans. What a worthless group. What's shocking is that in 2022, we realized that in order to have a true Republican majority in the Senate, we need a lot more than 51 senators because a growing number of them are useless and might as well be Democrats. Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, John Cornyn, the list goes on and on. This is a group that voted to end debate that gave us things like the infrastructure bill that doesn't address infrastructure or the omnibus spending bill that was just passed, which has over 4,000 pages that they didn't read and contains items such as border security for foreign countries, but not for America. It does, however, contain another huge chunk of money for Ukraine and will only add to America's inflation problem. And then at number one, we have the biggest political loser of 2022, Liz Cheney. I mean, how could I pick anyone else? Liz Cheney went from being one of the darlings of the House GOP to being out of a job faster than you can say never Trumper. Recall, Liz Cheney was the chair of the House GOP conference. She was charged with bringing everyone together on a unified agenda. She took her, instead, she took her never Trump feelings to a whole new level. I will not sit back and watch in silence while others lead our party down a path that abandons the rule of law and joins the former president's crusade to undermine our democracy. Oh my gosh. Questioning an outcome of an election does not undermine our democracy. Hillary Clinton questioned an election outcome. Stacey Abrams has made a career of questioning election outcomes. This isn't about questioning an election. It's about a personal disdain for Trump that crippled her from doing her job even when she was given multiple chances to focus on just being GOP conference chair. Now, that focus has resulted in a January 6th committee that nobody thinks is legitimate and Cheney being swept out of her office in her state's Republican primary. Cheney will be gone in less than a week, but she will live on as 2022's number one political loser. So what do you think? There are plenty who didn't make the list, but who could have? Maybe honorable mentions to Joe Biden, Karine Jean-Pierre, Alejandro Mayorkas, Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris. There's just so many. So please add your top five list in the comments. All right, next let's talk about Elizabeth Warren and other lying Democrats. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search out my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, let's talk about Elizabeth Warren and other Democrats who seem to have an ongoing problem with the truth, yet these same people are now in a meltdown over incoming Republican Representative George Santos. Now, as you might have heard, Santos appears to have his own problem with the truth. In fact, whether it's employment, college education, or business activities, Santos seems to be lying about his entire background. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to defend him at all. Why lie about a college degree or who you worked for? I just don't get it. I think it's stupid. But seeing how the Democrats are just suddenly up in arms is pathetic because they clearly don't care about the truth. Here's the story. Santos's lies, however, are hardly the first told by Washington politicians looking to embellish their credentials in the eyes of voters and efforts to kick him out of office 
for lying raise questions about a partisan double standard when it comes to holding lawmakers accountable for not telling the truth. Senator Richard Blumenthal, a Connecticut Democrat who told veterans in 2008 that he served in Vietnam when he never set foot in the country. Hillary Clinton, while campaigning for the Democrat presidential nomination in 2008, recounted landing under sniper fire in war-torn Bosnia and having to run with her head down to an awaiting vehicle. And of course, no lying Democrat story would be complete without Elizabeth Warren. Another prominent Democrat, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, was criticized for claiming to be part Cherokee in using that identification to advance her career. She continued to claim American Indian heritage while running for the Senate in 2016 and while running for president in 2020, when she presented a DNA test that found she possessed a minuscule percentage of American Indian blood. She's the worst, but we can't forget Joe Biden, who seems to make up a new story at every public event. The media are giving Biden a pass each and every day, but somehow Santos is the Antichrist? How about having some consistency in our purity tests? All right, next let's talk about another new research study that is pointing out problems with mRNA vaccines, such as Pfizer and Moderna's COVID vaccines. According to a new peer-reviewed study, a third dose of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine may actually worsen immune response against COVID. Now, other studies have clearly shown that natural immunity against COVID is stronger than that provided by the vaccines. Of course, we were told otherwise in order to push the vaccines. But now this study indicates that this idea of booster after booster doesn't help their immune response. It makes it worse. Here's the story. Published in Science Immunology last week, the study by German researchers found that mRNA boosting induced a high level of so-called IgG4 antibodies, a subclass known for prompting a mild immune response in two cohorts of several dozen healthcare workers. The research found that non-mRNA vaccines did not trigger this low immune response, just the mRNA vaccines, such as Pfizer and Moderna. Here's more. The research is just the latest to prompt scrutiny of federal vaccine recommendations and ongoing professional and educational mandates, particularly for college students, a demographic with low COVID risks, but elevated risks of post-jab heart inflammation. The CDC's own research has found superior protection against reinfection from natural immunity when compared to mRNA vaccines, as well as low bivalent effectiveness against symptomatic infection to the point where two doses protect better than three. Just think how much more we'll learn in another six months. In the meantime, as the story pointed out, some colleges are still mandating vaccines for students and the CDC is still recommending vaccinations for children. Okay, so we've covered Liz Cheney and Senate Republicans, Tony Fauci and the ongoing lineup of lying Democrats. We need to ask them, do you have a relaxed brain? I got what you call like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. First in relaxed brain, we have the CDC, which is now in the business of promoting transgender non-science when it is supposed to be one of the pinnacle organizations for science. The CDC has created a rating tool for schools on how inclusive they are of the non-science agenda. A person who believes that gender, sexual orientation, and gender identity is unique and can be experienced on a continuum is given an A rating according to the tool with those who do not agree with such a statement given a C. 
Ratings are also granted to educators who present information on all types of sex, not centering on penis-vagina penetrative sex, and describe the human anatomy and physiology as separate from gender using terms like body with a penis rather than a male. Yep, follow the science as we pretend a man can be a woman. Then we have this story from Time Magazine that claims physical fitness is racist. Here's the story. Time Magazine is getting mercilessly mocked over an article about the white supremacist origins of exercise that claims racism was the motivator for the fitness movement. The magazine ran the eye-catching headline Wednesday based on a chat with history professor Natalia Melman Petrozella, whose lessons at New York's The New School often focus on Black Lives Matter protests. In the interview, the self-styled scholar, writer, teacher, and activist insisted that being fat used to be desirable, and the push to work out in the 20th century was racism at work. What can you even say? Every single thing is now racist. And with that, we bring 2022 to a close. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Monday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.